Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metil, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Your grace, Praise God and glory be to the Lamb of God who shed his blood that we might receive reconciliation with our God and our Creator. I welcome you to Bible Platform and I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us through this study. We are delving into issues relating to how we can be sure we are in a Bible-believing church. We are safe in the vehicle in which we are riding to heaven. When we say we join ourselves to any group that claim to be a church that believe in Christ, we have to be sure that we are not in a cult or in an occult circle because they are bound. And the main reason for taking this road is that Jesus himself warned us, the apostles warned us that in the latter days there shall come a multitude of false prophets, false doctrines, manifestations, false miracles, too many forces coming our way. And so we want to be sure that we stay on course and we are safe in the hands of Christ. As chapter 2 verse 42 gives us four things to look out for. The first is the apostles' doctrine, which I have already discussed extensively on this program. The second is the fellowship of the saints. The fellowship of the saints. Very, very important. The Bible says that we should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Now, today we are going to look at the third, which is the breaking of bread or the Lord's Supper or the communion. And this is very important. You cannot be in a place where they believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior and yet they don't take the communion. I'm afraid I'm seriously afraid that that is not the church that Jesus Christ introduced. That is not the practice and the doctrine that was bequeathed to us by Jesus and the apostles. I want to say emphatically, based on the word of God, that if you are in a place called church where the Lord's Supper is never celebrated, there is no communion celebrated, you never had a taste of communion, you are in the wrong place. Listen to me carefully. Don't be emotional about this. I'm going to go through the scripture and if it's not according to scripture, you dump it. I'm not teaching church tradition. I'm teaching Bible according to the word of God. Alright? So, we are going to delve into the celebration of the breaking of bread. Otherwise known as the Lord's Supper. Also known as the communion. Now, let me begin by saying that this is mandatory for any gathering of people who claim to be followers of Christ. When a people going by the name of church and say they believe in Jesus Christ as Redeemer and Savior of lost humanity, and yet will not obey his command to celebrate the breaking of bread in his memory, then, as I said earlier, it is something other than the church that Jesus Christ is building. And if 
it be so, then it is not worth associating yourself with. Now, let me take you to the institution of this all-important practice as recorded in the book of Luke. The point I would want to stress here is that Jesus Christ did not suggest to us when it comes to the celebration of the communion or the Lord's Supper. Jesus commanded the church to do it. Now, he asked the church to do it as often as they decided. There was no timeline to the celebration. Jesus said, as often as you do this, as often as means any time that you do it, remember me. Now, let me read from the book of Luke, chapter 22. Luke 22 from the verse 14 to 19. Luke 22, 14 to 19. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment. I will not eat of it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now verse 17 to 19. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide among yourselves. For I tell you, I will not drink again until he finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this. Do this. In remembrance of me. Do this. Jesus said. Do this. In remembrance of me. And it is interesting that. When you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Apostle Paul who was in there. Declared that Jesus Christ showed him. The importance of the communion. And gave him the same. If you like. He gave him the same order. That the celebration of the communion. That shows us how important it is to the Lord. Because he himself said, do this, celebrate this in remembrance of me. And the key word I want you to note there is the word remembrance. This is the way that he chose to be remembered. And the most important aspects of this uh, memorial feast are what I'm going to discuss with you right now. There are very, very important aspects of this memorial feast. I'm going to narrow myself down to seven key important truths concerning the Lord's Supper. You may have been celebrating the Lord's Supper. You may have been going to communion, but you may not really have come to grips with the meaning of celebrating the Lord's Supper. I want to help you with seven things that are very, very relevant to the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Now, number one. The communion or the Lord's Supper is to be celebrated not alone. It's to be celebrated by a communion or a community of believers. Listen to me carefully. And we are going to go through the scriptures. The communion is to be celebrated by a community of believers. Jesus Christ did not celebrate the communion in isolation. Remember he says, well, two or three are gathered in my name. So you don't need a crowd of a thousand to celebrate the communion or the Lord's Supper. 
if you are two, you can celebrate it. You are two believers and you want to remember the Lord, you can celebrate it. I'm being very, very emphatic on this because sometimes our misinterpretation of scripture make everything look like if, for instance, I'm caught up somewhere and there is no one with me, maybe with my wife, we are believers, I'm caught up somewhere and apart from that, there's nobody there. And we really want to remember the Lord and celebrate the Lord. We can't do it. Unless we get a building to go into that is called a church. The building is a chapel. I can celebrate the communion with my wife wherever we find ourselves. Jesus said, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. When we come to the larger church community, of course, it, it, it serves a great purpose. It's great to be in the larger community of believers and celebrate it. But that does not mean, there is no biblical basis for saying that beyond that, we cannot celebrate the communion. This is the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 33. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. The point I'm making here is that the communion is meant to be taken together. So, in a local church, a gathering of believers, if I should find myself, for instance, outside of my immediate local church, and I find a group of believers who believe in Christ, and we decide that let us celebrate the Lord, let us remember the Lord, let us worship the Lord, we can celebrate the communion in that context. Most of the time, that we read about the activities of the first believers, we realized, first century believers, we realized that most of the things they did, they did it in people's homes. They were not meeting in chapels. I'm not trying to play down the relevance of meeting in chapels. That's only an extension. But I'm saying, I want us to put it in right context. Right context. That the first important thing we need to understand and realize is that the communion calls us to a place of togetherness, bonding, and we can celebrate it wherever we find ourselves as believers. Through Bible-believing Christians, we can decide to remember the Lord and celebrate the Lord, break bread, and lift up the cup in remembrance of the Lord. The second thing I want you to note about the communion is that when we come together, it's not for fun. Celebrating the Lord at the communion table is not for fun. Every person has to examine himself before celebrating the communion. Now, if there's sin in your life, you've got to repent. You've got to ask God for forgiveness before you approach the table and partake of the bread and the wine. Listen to what the Bible said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight: A man, and let me add a woman, he's talking about a human being, ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. It is not my business. It is nobody's business to stop somebody and say, I examine you and you are, you are not qualified to partake of the communion. It's wrong. It's not biblical. Otherwise, Jesus would have stopped Judas from partaking. Judas partook of the communion. The Bible says, let me read it again. The Bible says it very clearly here. A man ought to examine himself. So it is not my responsibility as a pastor to decide who takes of the communion. It is the responsibility of the person who is approaching the table 
and to partake of the Lord's Supper, the, the body and the blood of the Lamb of God. Remember Jesus said, this is my body. When he took the bread, he didn't say, I have a piece of bread, take it and eat it. He said, this is my body. He took the cup, he said, this is my blood. So I use the same language format, and I want you to understand. It is the body and the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that every individual had to examine himself before he partakes of the communion. So as far as the Bible goes, there is no mandate given to any human being, be it the Pope, Archbishop, whatever, to stop somebody and say, you cannot partake of the communion. You are playing God. You are wrong. Number three, there are serious consequences for abusing the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, 27, and 29. What do I mean by abusing the Lord's Supper? You take it for fun. You live in sin. There is no real commitment to turn your life over, to, to give up that sin. God is speaking. You are rejecting his word. You are having your own way. And yet, you bluffingly walk in and partake the bread and the wine, which is the body and the blood of the lamb, and abuse it. Listen to what the Bible says. There are serious consequences. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 27 and 29 to 30. First, let me read 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty. Listen carefully. Will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lamb. When you are living in sin, you are unrepentant. And yet, you approach the communion table. Partake of the body and the blood of the Lamb of God. You are bringing guilt upon yourself. Verse 29 to 30. 1 Corinthians 11. For anyone, anyone. Now, not the word anyone there. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the position you carry. The title you put yourself in the church or whatever. Anyone means anyone. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord. So when you take the, the bread, you must recognize that I am touching the body of the Lord. I'm reading from the Bible. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why, listen carefully, that is why many among you are sick and a number of you have died. So Paul was saying to them that, look, some of you, you are sick. You cannot be healed because you don't respect the communion. You are living in sin. You are not repentant. And yet you come. It's communion time. Just come and take it as if it's just some ordinary bread and wine. So the Bible says that is why some of you are sick and some of you have even died. Could it be then that sometimes we say the devil is responsible for somebody's sickness or death, and yet it is judgment from the communion table? Think about this and read the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 30. Not my word. You can die a death that you put upon yourself. A judgment that you invoke upon yourself because you are taking the communion for fun. That's how serious Jesus takes the celebration of the Lord's Supper. You are listening to the Bible platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back.
Tune in to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal this and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM and your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continued. Number four. The fourth thing I want you to note. The Jesus said, partaking of the bread and the wine should be done in remembrance of him. So it's literally a memorial celebration. So not just something that we do. For instance, in our church, we celebrate the Lord's Supper every first Sunday of the month. Now, that's a decision we took. It doesn't mean that we can't celebrate it every week or we can't even celebrate it every day. Jesus said, as often as you do. That's simple language. I said, as often as you do it. So, it doesn't matter how often you do it, but you must do it in the right way, with a right heart attitude. That's, that's a time that you re-examine yourself and make sure that you are, you are working right with God. It doesn't mean you are perfect. But as far as motives are concerned, you know that you know that you know. That you are not deliberately living in sin. You see what I'm saying? You are not living in sin. And with boldness coming to partake of the communion. It's that when you do that, you place judgment on yourself. Not my word, dear. It is the word of the living God. Hallelujah. So the number four point I want you to note is that it's to be done to remember him. It's not to be done to show off. But to remember him. Luke 22, 19. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. So when you approach the communion table, and you take the bread, and you take the wine, all that should be going on in your mind is this. I remember Jesus. By participating in this celebration, I remember Jesus. I remember the, the pain and the suffering that he went through on the cross. The tears, the blood, the bleeding, the stripes. All of this for my sake. And that's the reason I thank God that I do not have to be subjected through this pain and suffering. Because he paid it all. He took it all for me. And so, there is some sense of appreciation for what Christ did. You get my drift. That is what the communion table is for. Now, somebody was mentioning to me the other day that there's supposed to be a church where the communion will be passed around and nobody is supposed to touch it. I don't find it in the scriptures. I simply don't find it. Look, no matter what your sin is, it says, when you confess your sin, it's faithful. It's faithful. To forgive you. So even at the communion table. If you sincerely genuinely. Ask the Lord to forgive you. For all the sins of omission and commission. So you can partake of this celebration. I tell you what. That very moment you can partake of the communion. But the point is this. You don't deliberately and consciously. Walk in sin. And ignore the consequences. And come to the communion table. And come with the attitude of damn it. I don't care. What is this? I will take it. You take judgment upon yourself. That's what the scripture says. Not my word. Not my word. So he gave it to them and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Number five. Number five. 
The Lord's Supper is the seal of the new covenant. Remember that we are under a new covenant. Every believer in Christ, somebody asked me the other day, he said, Oh, Jesus said he came to fulfill the law. And then you Christians, you don't obey the laws of Moses. You don't do things like Moses did. You don't, you don't do animal sacrifice. I said, you got it wrong. You got it completely wrong. We are not under the Mosaic law. We'll get to that. But the Lord's Supper, number five, is the seal of our new covenant, our new agreement. The word covenant means agreement. The word testament means agreement. So Jesus Christ introduced a new agreement. So I'm no more under the old agreement where I have to do things like Moses did, like the ancient Hebrews did. I don't have to worship like they worshipped. No. No. In there, of course, the moral law is unchanging. The moral law is unchanging. But all of those rituals that accompanies the moral law was cancelled under the new covenant. So the Lord's Supper, actually after Christ has walked through it all, he gave it to us as the seal that effectively brought to an end the requirement to fulfill the Mosaic law. Luke chapter 19, 20 says this. This cup is the new covenant. I want you to know the word there. Definite article. The new covenant. Not a new covenant. Not one of the covenants. It's the new covenant. It is finished covenant. In my blood. Which is poured out for you. Then in John 1, 17. The law was given through Moses. Part 1. Old covenant. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, Jeremiah tells us something in Jeremiah 31, 33. He says, this is the covenant I will make with them. Speaking of the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. He said, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. That time has come. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the mind that is occupied with the word of God and the will of God and the ways of God. Jeremiah said the time will come. I will write my laws. And, and that time is the new covenant time. And it is come upon us. Let me give you number six. Number six truth about the communion. Now participation in the communion or the Lord's Supper is declaration of faith in his death and resurrection. So anytime we participate in the communion, we are declaring our faith in the finished work of Christ. So if we don't participate in the communion, then it means that you are trying to tell God that Jesus has done something, but well, it's not complete. You are expecting somebody else to come. Nobody else is coming after Jesus. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Check out from Revelation. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 26. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when I take the communion bread and I take the cup, it's not a party. I am proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. Number of God. Number seven. There is blessing of life in the body and the blood of Christ. And all who partake of the communion by faith, receive this blessing. And let me read from John 6, 53 to 56, and we round up for today. John 6, 53 to 56. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh 
of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. So the next time you go to your church, ask yourself, where is the celebration of the Lord's Supper? If it is missing, friend, you are in the wrong place. You are missing out on something that Jesus himself said we must do. And Jesus has not given anyone the power or mandate to decide who partakes of the communion. He said, let each man examine himself. If you feel you are out of standing with Christ, you excuse yourself. Otherwise, what example did he set us? Even Judas partook of the communion. So you have the freedom to partake. If you are in a place where they just pass the bread and the wine and said nobody can touch it, it is dangerous. It's a very dangerous place. Jesus said, do it. Take it. Participate in it. Do it in remembrance of me. In fact, that is the only thing Jesus said we should do to remember him. May the good Lord bless his word. I'm your friend, Pastor Hansi Metal. Keeping faith with the Holy Spirit. Trusting that giving life We'll talk again the word of God next week. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, contact Reverend Metal on 0244-2390-24. 0244-239024. Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. Your grace. Your grace and mercy. Oh Lord. Yeah.